Did you know that there are literally dozens of podcasts dedicated to the Cleveland Browns, but not one dedicated to Cleveland culture and general shit-talking? Have you ever heard someone say, what the fuck is in Cleveland, and thought, I wish I had something I could throw in their face? Well, get ready, baby, because we're here to talk all things Cleveland. Current events. Local news. Arts and culture. Food. Millennial musings. And maybe some murder. That's Audrey Imes. That's Ryan Judy. And And we'll we'll see see you in Cleveland. did fresh cut straight out the salon bitch <laughs> it looks great it looks super fresh yes and very well done thank you i had to get my haircut because i'm leaving for oh. you know vacation vacation for a little bit and i didn't want to have long hair because i'm going out to arizona it's oh, gonna be yeah. hot a little right. bit it's not gonna be hot it's gonna be perfect you wanted it cropped up though you yes wanted to be able to i didn't want to be like keep sweating. yourself nice and cool in that western heat yes we all crave i feel like a lot of people i know around here talk about how they want to move out west whether it's like my dad who wants to move to arizona or like me who secretly dreams of moving to california one day that's funny that your dad wants to move to arizona because that's Mm -hmm. where my dad moved when he retired they're very similar they are actually really similar yeah Yeah. same same generation not too surprising i guess but i'm so ready for the warmth and like some like 70 degree weather like i need to get out of this coldness yeah it's definitely to that point that i think every clevelander can relate to once we hit february heading into march where we are just tired of the gray and the cold and the coats and the boots and the ice i'm tired of the ice I'm tired of it. yeah. it's been it's icy all melted to me. now thank god today is beautiful today's the most blessed blessed (laughs) february 22nd that i have ever seen in my entire life it's sunny it's almost 50 degrees out and it's beautiful today so that is the bright side literally yeah bright winter coming up soon (laughs) (laughs) talking about the weather that's something that people from ohio love to do is they talk t- about the weather. I've heard it's that. It's my go-to, especially at mm-hmm. work, like when I'm talking to anybody, that's my conversation starter. I'm like, oh, wow. It's so <laughs> that cold weather, today. whatever it's doing, like, I can't even Literally, the other day at work, it was below 30, and I just ranted about how I hate under 30 <laughs> degree weather. And at the end of it, I'm like, that's too much. It's too much. I need to cool it down. I know. I, I hear talk. it sometimes, and it, it sounds like, you know, my mother and... I mean, when I'm talking to my grandma, I usually go to the weather. She loves to talk about the weather or anything on the news, local news. Like, that's all she wants to talk about. So it's perfect. Has she listened to this podcast? (laughs) No. You know, I got her, I wish, I got her a Google Home for Christmas. I shouldn't say I got it. It was free through Spotify. Mm -hmm. But, and I gave it to her and I even set it up on Christmas Day and everything. But they ended up taking it down because i don't think she was using it i think yeah. she thought it was kind of strange like just recording my conversation mm-hmm, exactly yeah. so i came back like a week or two later and it was it was gone it was back in the box mm-hmm. which is fine you know eventually i'll just take it back and yeah. use it then somewhere you'll, then you'll have another google home right and another recording device in my home so mm-hmm. they can hear me even better yes <laughs> so i had a pretty good week i tried a new restaurant this week 
It's a Cleveland classic, a Cleveland legendary, according, that's what you told me, is that it's one of the best-known Italian restaurants in Cleveland. It's Antonio's in Parma. Mm -hmm. I went there for the first time this week with my mom and my Aunt Sally, and I have to be, like, totally honest, and I know, I was even reading reviews online, and there are a number of really good reviews. 566 reviews, and they have a 4.2 overall, so, like, that's pretty pretty good. good. Yeah. I was super unimpressed, though. Wow. The house salad dressing, which they had for sale in bottles at the front of the restaurant for $5.99, which I thought was... Yeah. It was very vinegary and, like, sweet almost, but it was Was Italian. Was it, like, a creamy? No. Oh. No, it looked like Italian dressing, like like just a classic that you would see at the grocery store. Yeah, but it... When I ate it on my salad, it was very much, like... Like, I did one of those. <laughs> it was tart, you know? Yeah. I think I have had their Italian dressing before because we get it catered for work sometimes. That's when I've okay. had it. And I, I do kind of recall that very vinegary tasting. Yes. And then I got the lunch fettuccine Alfredo. This is one positive thing I'll say. Their lunch menu was super reasonable. Everything was like six ninety five, and you got salad and like bread with it. But, you know, I got fettuccine Alfredo, and it just didn't really taste like anything. It was sad. I I really wanted it to be, like, at least, like, really cheesy. Yeah, I feel like a restaurant fettuccine Alfredo is always, like, buttery, cheesy, salty, just, like, everything that's terrible. I have had some fettuccine Alfredos that have changed my life, (laughs) like, genuinely, like, that have made me have to sit back, like, but that was not the experience today, unfortunately. My mom, however... We went there because somebody had recommended it to my mom and told her to get the lasagna. And while I didn't like what I had and my Aunt Sally didn't like what she had, my mom was like, I like this lasagna. It's super cheesy and delicious. So I don't know. She she was pretty, like, sticking by that, mm-hmm. that she didn't think it was that bad. So I think if you go, I'd start with the lasagna. And that'd be my two cents on that. Nice. There's a variety of reviews online. Any notable ones? I mean, the negative ones are always my favorite. There's yeah. this; those, They're always the longest, too. This person's just complaining about the deep dish pizza. And it says right there that they ended up giving it to him for free. So if you got it for free, you really shouldn't be complaining. Did they respond to the review? No. But, oh. But two people liked it. And the review ends with just four words in its own paragraph. I won't be back. Oh, good. They don't care. Yeah, they don't they're care. They're fine. Here I am reviewing them on a podcast. <laughs> I won't be well, back. I went to Wild Eagle for work happy hour this week. Okay. There's two Wild Eagles in Cleveland. There's one downtown, mm-hmm. and there's one in Broadview Heights, which is close to my work. We went to that one. Is it Wild Eagle, or is it appropriate to I've always said Wild Eagle Saloon. It is called Wild Eagle Saloon. Okay, but I just call say, it Wild Eagle. Is that what other people at your work were saying? Yeah. Oh, then it's... Okay, it's that's just what Wild Eagle. Say. Yeah. Wild Eagle's is cool though because they have like a serve your own beer so you get like a card kind of like how you would at maybe like dave and busters right like Mm -hmm. one of those cards and then Mm -hmm. you like swipe it kind of and then you can pour your own beer and however Mm. much beer you want and there's like a lot of different kinds okay so it's kind of cool but you know i was thinking about it i was like this is a really smart business move because those like people probably buy those cards and then don't use all of it and right. then never come back with it. Just like right. how I have like five Dave and Buster's cards. And did they have bartenders? Yes, but there was like not that many. And it was packed and there were not that many because bartenders. They're, they're probably just making like mixed drinks right. and, and things. Interesting. Right. 
And I was thinking because like normally when a bartender pours your beer, like if it's heavy foam and there's like a lot of head on it, they'll like pour it out and then pour some more. Mm -hmm. But like someone who's doing it themselves, like they're probably not going to do it because they're that's their money that they would be pouring out. Literally you know? pouring down the drain. Right. I wouldn't. So I think that's a really smart thing to do. I kind of love it just because I love trying different beers. Do you want to open one? Do you want to do it? Yeah. There's another one to downtown called Whistle and Pig, I think. And okay. it's the and it's the same kind of thing. They have more beers on tap, though. That's the place where I think Big Mama's is at. Ooh, yes. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Let's just go for that. I'll yeah. get that, and you can get the beers. It'll be great. Mm-hmm. Next episode. Something else this week. Brennan's sister got us these these breakfast sandwiches from Rudy's Bakery in Parma. Ooh. Which I know Rudy's Bakery, they do, like, pierogies. They do the yeah. potchkis, puchkis. I say it wrong, too. Okay. Spell it. Can you spell it? Oh, P-A-C-T-Z-I. I think it's just P-A-C-Z-I. I I think it's just... You're talking about the donut thing. Yes. Yes, That's, like, really popular around... Yeah, Easter and, like, Lent and Mardi Gras. Yeah. There's a holiday that we're not saying. Yeah. (laughs) Because we're not religious, but we like the pooch. It is. Yeah, so it's, like, um, it's a Polish bakery, so they specialize in that kind of stuff. But these breakfast sandwiches were, like, it was, like, a donut... But, like, not, obviously not, like, too sweet like a donut. It was, mm-hmm. like, the bread. And then there was, like, this, like, egg with this, like, very good seasoning or cheese on it. I really couldn't tell. Maybe it was a sauce. Okay. It was very good. You and didn't then tear that bacon. fucker open? I did, but honestly, I couldn't tell. The eggs were, like, kind of thin. <laughs> okay. So, I, I honestly, I could not tell. But it was really delicious. There was bacon on it, It could have been, too. like, an herbed butter yes, spread. Yes, that's kind of what it was. I think it was mm, that. Because you wouldn't be able to tell if it was cheese. But yes. was there cheese on it? No, I well, oh. I, it, it could have been because it kind of stuck to the to the donut. Okay, I was I trying to, to try deconstruct this. it. Honestly, there's three downstairs. You could what? have one. <laughs> yeah, and I'm leaving tomorrow. So okay, well, good yeah. to know. It's I delicious. know what I'm having as a snack before so, I leave. Yeah, I've had their stuff like because they always do not like a food truck but like a tent. Okay. At, like, some, like, events or whatever. So, like, I've had their stuff before, but I've never had this. And it's delicious. So I really kind of want to go to the actual bakery and kind of see what else they have. Yeah. I can't believe I've never been to that one. I feel like I've heard of it. And if I asked my mother, I'm sure she mm-hmm. would be like, oh, we went there. Like, ten, you know, whenever. Because I'm sure. But I'm not always down to try a bakery. Right. Anytime. My mother, we went to a bakery this morning that I'm going to talk about later that literally... She spent like $20 and we got a whole big box of all different assorted bakery. It was amazing. Mm. So I love it. There's lots of good bakery around Cleveland. Cleveland does have a lot of good bakeries. I feel like especially because when I've traveled to other cities and tried to find good bakeries, which I do very actively when I'm traveling, look. Good bakeries near me. Me. (laughs) I keep my eyes open too. And I will freaking turn around. I will park the car. I will come back tomorrow to try a bakery that Mm. I saw. But... Yeah, I think Cleveland stands a little bit above the rest when it comes to the baked goods. But we'll get more into that later. It's been a good week. It's been an interesting week, though. Not so much in Cleveland, and not that I want to stray too far away from Cleveland, but I think this is relevant. It's relevant because a lot of Ohio University alumni are in Cleveland. I know a ton of people. and I We're think Ohio University alumni. I don't we, think we've actually said that oh, to people. Oh, well, now so everybody know. knows. Yeah, that's how we right. know each other. Ohio University was in the news this week quite a bit, though. It was national Nationally news. and on local Cleveland news. Yeah. Started with local Cleveland news and then it blew oh, up. They were on the story. Mm. Mm, you know 19 Action News was there. 
So why don't you go into some of the introduction of yeah. this topic? This week, um, Caitlin Bennett, who is kind of like a provocateur. She's a gun rights advocate. She's known as the gun girl because I think her like senior picture. It was like her college senior yes, picture. Yes, her college senior Kent picture. State. At University Kent State. in Kent, Ohio. For her college senior picture, she, like, had, like, an AK-47, like, strapped around her. The photos went viral because it's, like, you know, this dainty, pretty little girl, pretty little white girl walking around Kent State, which is really controversial to do that on Kent State's campus, especially. Right. To walk around with an AK-47. Given the historical In, like, context. a cute little dress. Like, everything else about it is a normal senior picture. But you're just holding these this giant gun. Yeah, right. it was just kind of like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, so now she's kind of goes around to different colleges. And she kind of does like a Billy on the Street style where she like stops people and asks them questions. But they're right. normally very... Offensive. They're offensive questions. They're offensive questions. Offensive questions. Meant to... Meant to catch people off guard. Meant to shock and... Meant, meant to offend in my, I think, you know. And meant to test the limit of... What are you really allowed to say to someone on the street? And what's wrong with me asking that? And blah, 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 and all that BS. Sorry. I'm calming down. Yes. So she made her way to Ohio University this week for President's Day on Monday. And I think the plan was, or what she said, or what she told people, is that she was going to go there and ask people questions relating to presidents because it was President's Day. But did you read what people actually said she was asking people? Right. She never really asked, as far as I, what I could read, and I feel like I've read a lot of different sources I've talking about this. i read a few this. articles, right? She never asked some. anyone any questions like that. She went straight into the offensive type questions. Mm-hmm. Things like going up to a black person and saying you know don't you think you should thank white people for ending slavery or something like that wasn't that what it was yes yes just extremely that's, offensive. that's what it was right extreme like a whole other level that i can't even imagine how did you come up with that offensive right. and i get it i don't actually let me retract that i don't get it but like but what ended up happening was people overheard her you know asking several people from what i read these types of questions Mm -hmm. and you know slowly but surely as i think would happen in a lot of places i think like a bit of a crowd kind of started to gather of course people knew who she was heard that she was there and baker center for anybody who's not been to ohio university is a really big building it's like four floors with like a big like open ceiling like a lot of natural light comes in and there's like four levels with escalators up the middle so it's like a big loud like atrium feeling type building and it's a really central place to go from one end of Athens practically to the other one end of campus to the other and this is where she was when she was doing all this she was at the top of Baker Center right outside of the building like pretty much on like the heaviest trafficked spot of campus yeah besides college green yeah and students pretty much just ended up protesting her yes and screaming and chanting and there was a calling lot of names the video of her once she got off the street and went back into baker center to go down the escalators to the bottom where i think her car must have been waiting i mean she's going down these escalators and it's like people on every floor it looked like right. just chanting like i don't understand how that many people showed up that quickly. I don't know how long it all elapsed, but 
that would just, I mean, that would be really scary yeah. just to say. But I the feel thing like, is, is at that point, nobody was really shouting anything that bothered, you know, it was just protests. Yeah. Really. I feel like that's like a symptom of almost not like groupthink, but like enough people got together that I think like people just started chanting. It's mob you mentality. Know? Yes, mob sure. mentality. But they for were sure. chanting, shit your pants, <laughs> shit your pants. <laughs> Which is funny because there's a rumor that she shit her pants at a party at Kent State, which is just a a rumor. But but there's a photo or something. Oh, is there a photo? (laughs) I don't know. I'm like on her side. I'm like, it's just a rumor. No, fuck her. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. And it's funny whenever this happened and this came out because I was like, yeah, I guess OU is like most colleges are liberal, obviously. But like OU is... I think a very progressive college and probably one of the most progressive colleges in Ohio. So I guess it's no surprise that this did happen just because it's kind of like that. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I'm not surprised that she ended up having people protesting against her. I do get surprised, like, because when I think about when we were there and the things that we would have protested and the things we did protest against, I don't really remember ever being involved in anything that was that loud and crazy, unless I'm forgetting. The only thing I could really think of when I was thinking about it this week was when the anti-abortion activists would be in basically the same spot, that corner Mm -hmm. right outside of Baker. But they, even then though, like the protesting against them, I don't remember it ever being quite so large. No, it was only just like a a small group of people around there. Right. So I guess, like, the amount of hate, and I get it. Like, she has said terrible things to people's faces on the internet. Like, she's not she's not a good person. So I get why people really, truly hate her. I just thought it was, um, I was just surprised to yeah. see that many people expressing it that quickly and that readily. And not so much the people chanting, but it was the video that... She took when she was in the SUV. Right, and people were throwing iced coffee. Right, at her. and people were like literally throwing things. And the OUPD or the I don't know if it was OUPD or Athens PD, but the police officers really weren't doing anything. But at the same time, I don't know what they're going to do. They're not going to tackle anybody over throwing an iced coffee. But th- there was like a little part of me that I have to admit was kind of like, ooh, this is kind of a lot. Like I didn't think it was the best look. I love that we protested her. Or that my, I'm sorry, I should say I love that my, you know, alma mater, that like they, that we protested, but I kind of wish we had done it just a little more. Like that wasn't peaceful, organized protest that I can get behind. That was kind of chaotic. Yeah. I think the chanting was enough, but then the stuff where she's in the car is it probably does, a little yeah, too much. Yeah, it was a little too angry mob for me right. that I just like it kind of looked like they were about to like overthrow the car and I know one of our friends said well that's what she would that's what she would tell people to do on her side and that might be true but that doesn't mean that's what we should do yeah you know when they go low we gotta go high that's right quote, Michelle, right, Obama. Michelle Obama that's right yes but it's true I mean it's true so that was my hot take on it that I know we all care about but yeah <laughs> <laughs> my dad got so delighted when we were talking about it at the dinner table and he thought for like a second that I was, cause I was like almost defending her and I was, he got way too excited and I had to be like, all right, hold on now though. I'm not, hold she's on. a terrible person. Right. Let me pull up her other videos here. Right. In a like second. let's not. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts on her though, Ryan? And the whole situation? I feel like I've expressed um, my side. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like it was very warranted because I honestly think that she's a terrible person. And even if she's not actually like that and she's just doing it kind of to be notable and to get clicks, like whatever, I still think she's a terrible person. And that it blew up at OU when she goes to colleges all the time. So I guess that's really why it piqued my interest is because it's like, why out of all the schools, OU was the one who like flipped their shit at her. Because Bobcats go hard. That's right, Bobcats. Oh my gosh, we're so <laughs> So this past week, it was the third Friday of the month, which means something for the art community here in Cleveland. Yes, every third Friday of the month, there is an open house event at 78th Street Studios, which is a pretty famous, famous in Cleveland uh, venue slash big, cool old building with a bunch of art galleries in it and art studios. It's sort of this like hub of bohemian, eclectic, artistic it's really, to me, like in my head, the, the heart of the Cleveland art community, just because there are dozens of artists who yeah. have studio spaces in the 78th Street studio building, which I think you mentioned hasn't always been. I always feel like I'm in an old school when I'm in there, just because it almost feels like big, giant classroom type spaces. But you were explaining that it's not what it started out as. It is like a very industrial space. Mm -hmm. Um, It used to be the home of the Baker Electric Car Factory, which I don't know when that was in existence. But these buildings are, because it's like a series of interconnected buildings that kind of make one big building. Yes. And they're very old, like dating back to the early 1900s. And so it was a car factory. And then it was probably like at one point just like, abandoned because that neighborhood over there has gone through a lot of changes and back in the day it was still changing a lot right yeah so at one point it was probably abandoned um and then the owner i think of the building bought it in the early 2000s for less than a million dollars wow which is kind of crazy because this is like a i mean a huge building like multi-floor i don't know the square footage but it's a lot the main building that the 78th street studio third friday event takes place in is four levels so there's like the basement the main level and then two upper levels with studios and each one has different stuff going on oh Oh. you can come in brenny we have a guest we have a guest he's so rugged come over here let them hear your voice how was your day today it was good very busy at work Uh, worked on my car a little bit now I'm ready to shower, get ready for Saturday night. What? What? We're going to party hard. Slash go to bed by 10. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you have anything you want to say? It's beautiful in Cleveland today. Perfect. Yes, of course. We were talking about the weather earlier and how everybody loves to talk about the weather. Yeah, it's putting me in a good mood. Definitely love it. It's a nice treat. Yes, we love the weather. And we love Cleveland and we love Brennan. <laughs> Woo! I drink a whole Red Bull since <laughs> we started time. recording. <laughs> okay. We were talking about 78th Street Studios, the history of the okay. building a little bit. And I think uh, I was describing that there's four floors. Yes. And I think you were going to tell us just a little bit more about all of it. Yeah, for sure. The owner actually started this third Fridays pretty quickly after he bought it. He probably had to renovate some of the spaces. And then some of the artists started moving in 
around the mid to late 2000, 2010s. Okay. And one of the most notable artists, I think in Cleveland, honestly, at least from the past like 10 years, who actually moved into the space around then and still is in it is Susie Frazier. Yes, Susie Frazier is definitely one of the more notable ones. And her space, you can tell, there's several spaces in there where you can tell, like, they've been there a while, like, they are set up. But hers very much feels like you're in some sort of, like, home store because she has so much beautiful home decor items and it's all very like organic and earthy and wood a lot of natural and organic materials are made she has these things that are actually trademarked that are like all over the store they're called intention blocks Mm. and they have words like breathe love yeah and then she sells it's like a it's like a metal stick that they stick to so you can have like your intentions for the day yes for the for the day or for your life and that's just some hippie bullshit I can always I buy into. I love it. Yes. Except queer bitches would be on my... <laughs> bitches. Did she have one that said, <laughs> said bitches? bitches? Yes, I saw it. Did she really? No. Oh, you're making that up. Yeah, that would be no. so off-brand. That's not intention. For Susie. Yeah. Yeah, but her space is very cool, and it's very large and very fancy feeling. Yeah. But it's affordable-ish. Yeah, and one of the reasons why I say that she's probably one of the most notable like, Cleveland makers is I know that she's been featured on like a lot of different TV shows. She even like piloted her own type of TV show. Do you know that- where? In in Cleveland, she piloted it in Cleveland. It oh. was something. It was it was something about makers. I can't exactly remember what it was for because at my old job we almost bought an ad space for it. Okay, so that's why I kind of know it. So like she was trying to make it really big with the TV show. Didn't work though. But it's still really cool that she's still there and she still has that space and her stuff is really amazing and honestly is decently priced for, I think, the quality. There are a lot of different artists and different galleries and different spaces where these artists pretty much make their homes and their offices. Not their homes. Where, where, where these, <laughs> these artists are, pretty much make up their... <laughs> these starving artists are all just living together in this commune brick building <laughs> from the early 1900s, covered in asbestos. No. Some of them, though... It is. It does feel like it's all just like so comfortable, and they'll have like seating areas. There are spots that do feel like you could live in there. I totally get what for I, sure. What you mean. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of interesting. Have been going there now for a few years, and the different artists that will come into each space or different galleries that you'll see or different exhibits. I actually noticed one of the designers slash artists that we saw last night for the first time. Like, I'm not sure how long he's actually been. In 78th Street Studios, I couldn't find that information online, but we went into this one space uh, that was Bruce Buchanan designed. So it was stained glass and decorative arts. Oh, yes. Which I feel like it would have stood out to me if I had ever walked in there before. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely the first time I'd been there. He was kind of tucked in a corner. Sort of, yeah. I think it was on the first level, mm-hmm. I want to say. Not the basement, but like the main floor. But I'm on the website now and just looking at some of his recent works. I mean, the guy's stained glass work is beautiful. I'm a sucker for stained glass. Someday when I have my own gorgeous mansion, I'll have beautiful stained glass all over that bitch. But the pieces that really caught, I think, both of our eyes when we first walked into his studio were designs that he calls barcode blocks. So it's sort of like a a wood shadow box and then it's long and like a rectangle and then through the middle are 
all these slats of different colored stained glass. So it almost looks like a barcode, but of color. Yeah. I was about to drop $90 for one of these things last night. I was so close. And someday when I'm super bougie, I yeah. will. But I'm going to get something commissioned by him right? in my I'm, future house. I'm looking at his website and there are, um, you know, you can get things commissioned. I think his work is really unique and just some of the shapes that he does in his glass work are a little unexpected. And again, the barcode pieces absolutely just speak to like the teenage girl in me, which maybe doesn't make sense to anybody else, but like teenage Audrey (laughs) would kill somebody for that. Yeah, no, it's very cool. Yeah. So his was probably my favorite space that we saw last night. Another space that we went in last night that wasn't so new to me, it's one that probably stands out to me the most from all the times I've been to 78th Street Studios. Uh, 11-2 is the name of the gallery. So it's just this really funky, like lots of bright colors, sort of Warhol-esque, some of the big paintings that they do. Um, But it's a contemporary art gallery. And they do a lot of paintings with um, like famous, iconic TV stars. Like they have Seinfeld Mm -hmm. and things with the Beatles on it. And they had um, a lot of paintings there last night that had characters from Reservoir Dogs that were sort of like a Warhol-inspired mm-hmm. type print. They There's also a do Pulp Fiction one, too. Pulp Fiction, yes. So just think of like that kind mm-hmm. of vein of pop culture. Yeah, there's Christmas Story stuff, too. Tons of Christmas Story stuff. And I like their art that they have there just because it's really, like I said, really colorful, uh, a lot of block type feel Mm -hmm. i try to sound like i know what i'm talking about (laughs) that's what it is i mean that's what art is my brain is happy but is it art (laughs) that's the question yeah we're by no means like experts in art we just enjoy it oh i'm so pedestrian i literally just like oh i think that pretty like that's (laughs) as far as it goes but i like telling people about cool art spaces that they can go check out because you should support places like 78th Street Studios because it's so freaking cool. Yeah, and it's free, exists. too. And it's I don't free. think we even mentioned that. We didn't mention that. Yeah, the event itself, the open house, it's free admission. Yeah. You get to just walk around all these dope-ass art galleries and feel super cultured for yeah. the night. And you can drink beer, wine they yes. sell there. There's food. All um, the paintings are for sale. Ryan and I kept pretending like we were going to buy them for each other, even though some of them were legit. Like, there was the one you wanted that was like 18 grand yeah in the big gallery that had cheese do you feel sick yet no i don't because at the gallery with the eighteen thousand dollar painting we ate cheese crack i didn't eat any of the cheese actually but there was cheese crackers which we both ate crackers Mm -hmm. m&ms and ginger ale i had diet coke but there was like two liters of pop i've never (laughs) i got way way too excited to go and get those snacks and even as we were eating them i'm like this is how i get the flu 2020 seriously yeah just eating these crackers and cheese that have probably been touched by 80 other people today one of my other favorite galleries was the art neo gallery (gasps) that was the first one that we went to. yeah it was and they had this exhibit um called time travel i loved this david king David King, new favorite artist. And he pretty much just took these like old photographs and kind of recreated them in paintings. But then in these recreations, he made them like kind of apocalyptic, not really apocalyptic, but there was like fires or there were like holes in the ground, like very kind of eerie type scenes with these like very old school photographs. And David King, fun fact, is actually from Stowe, Ohio which is really close to where I'm from, and he currently lives in Cleveland Heights. Oh. And he went to Kent State. So we're talking about a Cleveland-born 
Dude, and yes, his paintings were super cool. The neon colors and just the 50s slash 60s, like, vibe. And some of them were kind of fucked up and, like, the faces would be smeared. So you're like, ooh, what does that mean? I think the best part about that one, too, if I'm being totally honest, was that guy who was at the front desk at Art NEO. He was fabulous and getting ready to go to Australia and telling me all about his trip and his flight and how they've spent extra to get bigger seats or wider seats or something with more room. And Ryan just hated how long. Ryan hated how long this guy was going on. And And I was like, this guy talking about his business class trip to Australia. Get me out of here. So that exhibit, Time Travel, is actually gone, Unfortunately. But the new one in our NEO is going to be Oppositions. And it's the Successionists versus the Cleveland Society of Artists. Mm. I don't know exactly what that means, but... (laughs) but, And there's no description, honestly, so who knows, because we haven't seen it yet. They are art aficionados. (laughs) But it seems like it's almost like uh, juxtapositions between, like, one certain art style and another. I kind of see what you're saying because it does, like, the one side reminds me of, like, a Van Gogh, like, very Impressionist, and then Mm -hmm. the other side is um, more Bob Ross. Right. And very much different. So that would actually be really cool to go see. This exhibit, Oppositions, is there from March 20th until May 17th. And this is, again, at 70th Street Studios in the Museum of Northeast Ohio Art, Art NEO. If you're ever looking for any sort of, like, Cleveland gifts or, like, any, like, Cleveland art gifts, this is a great place to go. Because they just, there's a whole bunch of like different type of landscapes of Cleveland, Cleveland landmarks, things like that. Skylines done in really creative ways and creative mediums. Also, if you ever get a fancy job and they're like, you know, some places will be like, here's, you know, a budget to decorate your office. Have you ever heard of that? No, that sounds amazing. That's my dream. They gave that, which when my, when one of my bosses got promoted, she was like, oh, yeah, I get to go, like, pick out stuff for my office. That sounds like such a dream. So if that ever happens to you, definitely go to 78th Street Studios yeah. and get you some office art because there was a lot of cool Cleveland office art as yeah, well. Yeah, that's, that's cool. They're doing that, though, so that way you just stay in your office forever. You never leave. You never go home. That's fine. I think I can do it. If you'll give me a budget to decorate. Yeah. <laughs> Third Fridays at 78th Street Studios is a great time, great way to mingle with the art community. A lot of the artists are there, so you can actually talk to them about their works and their history. And uh, the only downside that we forgot to mention at the beginning is the parking. Yeah, it kind of, it's a little chaotic. It was a little bit of a journey to park. It probably took a few extra minutes longer than I expected, but... It was worth it. Yeah, but you know, it's free. Yeah, about to say you don't have to pay for parking. Yeah, it's free to get in, so it's the it's a very small barrier to entry. Just a great place, I think, to spend a Friday for a couple hours, see some art, maybe purchase some art, get some food, get some drinks. Yes, go with your friends, go with your boo, go with your coworkers, take your boss. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was a good time for sure. Recommend. Yeah, every third Friday at Seventy Eighth Street Studios. We'll see you there. We'll see you there, Cleveland. Well, we know in Cleveland, it gets real fucking cold, right? We were just talking about that. How, like, it is, yeah, it's nasty. We're all obsessed with the weather. But the reason we're obsessed with it is because it sucks a lot of the year here. Yeah. Let's be honest. And I do feel like we've been blessed so far in 2020 with a pretty mild winter. Mm -hmm. So I will say it's been nice. But it's always great to look forward to something whenever it's this cold out, especially if it's outdoors. Exactly. Even though it can be risky, it's nice to know that... 
There's something coming, even in these terrible winter months, that will remind us of summer. Every time this time of year comes around in February, I get really excited for bright winter. Bright winter! Yes, so we went to that. And we literally, I'm just going to be like totally, we literally just got back Just from got that. back, literally just literally jet set moments ago, we're sitting down to record it now, so it's very fresh. This is a very fresh yes. perspective you're about to get. Mm-hmm. And it's not our first time there, actually. No. I still remember uh, probably like four or five years ago now. Our first year in Cleveland, like all of us as friends yeah. at college. So I remember like coming back. Years. Yeah, I remember like coming back from OU and being like, oh my God, this seems like such a fun thing to do yes. in the winter. Like it was, we were all really excited to go. It was 2015. Go. I remember specifically yeah. now because you guys asked me if I would drive you there. I didn't want to go, but this particular year, it was like a blizzard outside that day. I remember it was supposed to be really gross out and you guys wanted to go and it was so funny because I remember being like, I'm absolutely not driving you that. And you guys took public transportation, I think. Oh to get my to gosh. It. Yeah. Or we took an Uber, either or. Maybe it was an Uber. But either way, I remember being like, nope, no chance in hell. And I didn't actually go until like a few years after that for the first time. And then I was like, oh, this is pretty cool, actually. Yeah. yeah it's funny because I've been to Bright Winter a few times and there's been times where it's been like eight degrees mm-hmm. and like literally so frigid. Yes. And then times where it's been really nice. Like tonight, it Blessed. was like... In yeah. the low 40s, upper 30s, and it was cold but pleasant. It I'm wasn't sure, biting. I'm sure for anybody who had a beer coat on, they were probably fine. Yeah. I mean, like, I we were there, like, two hours before I was like, okay, I'm getting kind of cold. I'm kind of yeah. seeing everything. But that's the beauty of Bright Winter, is there's something there for everyone. Why don't you give us a little history? It started in the early 2010s, and really it's a community-based project mm-hmm. made up of volunteers and people who just really want to do something for the community here in Cleveland, especially during winter. And it's right now it's in the flats and it's been in, in Ohio city and it's been in a couple of places, but it seems like it's made a home yes. in the flats, which is really great because it gives enough outdoor space for them to spread out with different music stages, different indoor things, different food trucks, as well as like it's right under the bridge too. So right, you're right under there. So super cool views when you're down there of the bridge of Cleveland. Which bridge is it? Detroit Bridge, right? Yes, I think it's under so. the Detroit Bridge. Yeah. Um, so super cool views of Cleveland downtown, and they actually have three stages. There's the big main stage, which this year was the cover my meds stage Mm, sponsor sponsor check (laughs) i don't know why i'm doing that i'm not getting paid for that but (laughs) and then they have two sort of like side stages smaller stages and they're all like super close to each other but far enough away obviously that you don't hear the music when you're at one versus the other they kind of lay it out in like a really smart way then this year there was a bonus stage i don't remember there being an indoor stage previously i remember indoor djs yes but there was actually an indoor stage this time the living room was the name of like the little building that they had like all decorated super like fabrics hanging from the ceiling and little trinkets everywhere it was like super like being in a blanket fort yeah it almost felt like it was like a children's book that they brought to life yes and i feel like that actually goes really well with the theme of the entire festival this year so this year the theme was called Cublizzard oh. with an exclamation point and it's all about busting through those wintertime blues wow. and like i'm reading from the brochure right now and it's 
Bright brings Clevelanders together outside to fight the coldest and darkest months of the year. So there's just like this really cute whimsy around the whole festival. And it that actually lends it to being a really great event to take kids to. Yeah, actually. it's very family friendly. There's lots of kids around. There's plenty of activities for kids to do. Totally. There was like this wacky like weather station thing outside with like this old computer that kids could play on and it made them think they were making like the the fog and shit it was i thought it was super fun and i'm an adult and it does get really crowded that's the only thing i will say there was a moment when we were standing around the big giant ice fire thing yes there's like this sculpture of ice and they put like wood in it and it's a giant it looks like a big chimney but then there's wood in it and they light it on fire but when massive it's so massive that you get like warm even if you're like 20 or 30 feet away from it it naturally got very crowded around that thing and I did have a tiny little introvert yeah. <laughs> panic moment. I'm in a crowd and I'm claustrophobic. Right. And everyone was also waiting in line for Joe's pierogies. Joe's fucking pierogies. So it was just a cluster. <laughs> they looked good. I saw somebody eating them and I wanted to ask if it was worth the wait because the line was really long. But yeah. all the food lines were pretty long mm-hmm. by the time, yeah. you know, when it that was that time. Yeah, it was pretty crowded and we were talking about it. And it's probably just because it was a nicer night yes. this year that more yes. people are probably more willing to go because it is free to get in so it's like you're not risking anything if you've bought a ticket and it's too cold you don't want to go well fun fact this was the first year that there were paid ticket levels for bright winter now i mean that's what i saw online at least and that's Mm -hmm. how they marketed it is this is like the first year it's a ticketed there was a lot of people waiting in line to pick up their tickets yeah i was surprised so i think even if you were doing like the free and like not like not donating or anything and not looking for any kind of like special areas to go to, you still were supposed to register for a ticket. And that's what we ended up having to do. Whereas in previous years, we've just walked in and you've gotten in the beer ticket line, right? right? Yeah. But I still, it didn't really uh, make it take any longer to get in there this year. No. And they, they ended up getting $5 out of me for an adorable little button <laughs> with their cute ass little mascot on. I love the mascot. I love him in as a cartoon drawing, but there was a person walking around in a suit of him and that kind of freaked me out when that walked by. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, everybody we were with got really excited about that, but I kind of stepped behind all of you like, guys. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I'm not I'm not super into mascots. Oh. And I think he bothers me because the way around his, his mouth, mouth is white. It's his mouth. I yeah. don't know what it is. His mouth does look like he just wants Google to Google it. If you don't somewhere. know what he looks like, just Google Bright Winter 2020 and you'll see this mascot. He's on everything. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about some of the bands that we saw because that is obviously the whole point of this is to showcase... I don't think it has to be Cleveland bands. I think it's more just about putting on this kind yeah, of event in they, Cleveland. Right. They have a lot of local Cleveland bands, but there are some more non-local bands and also some kind of national acts. Like the headliner is Ra Ra Riot, which I know one song from them. Ooh. So I was like, oh, okay, they're playing? Like, that's cool. I mean, to see a band like that for free to me is like crazy. Hmm, and to yeah. see all of these artists really – Right. Technically for free. I mean, you definitely should pay the money to get in, but it's great to have all this. Yeah, it's good to donate something. I mean, of our group of five people, we donated $5 for my button. That's a dollar. So we all gave something, and now it's your turn. But there's... (laughs) 
there so is cringy. A... <laughs> but there there was a lot of bands here. I mean, I mean, I'm once if I do the math real quick, almost thirty bands probably listed yeah. here. I feel like it's more than the previous years. Definitely, definitely mm-hmm. seems like a much heftier lineup. And like we said, there's that extra stage indoors. And if you notice here, McCarthy's stage that was inside of a bar. We didn't even know that was happening. Yeah. So let's talk about the bands that we saw. We saw three different bands in the time that we were there. Let's start with the first girl we saw. Her name yes. was Cassidy King. Oh, I really liked her. You were very into her. I was very he, into her. Ryan actually turned to me and went, "Oh, this is right up my alley." <laughs> <laughs> so yes. she was great, though. She had like a very like I don't want to say Janis Joplin because it wasn't, but it, it had like a rasp to yes. it. I guess I'm trying to say that her voice had a screechiness yes. to it that I didn't mind. Yeah, I think it's like. Th- there's like a whole band of artists right now, like with the Billie Eilish type of influence, like that yes. is going to come through a lot. We'll start to see that. You and I feel so like she much... is perfect kind of for that. Yeah. And she was kind of, she had a few different styles she was working with R and B, honestly, like rock, punk rock, mm-hmm. and then kind of more like a little emo, emo. And there's some like... pop going on. So she definitely has a lot of different styles. I feel like she's just got to hone in on she's that. Very she'll young. be amazing. Yes. She, she mentioned she was young. from Chardon. Yeah. Which so... is kind of by where I grew up. We love a local gal, Cassidy King. Check her out. She was definitely worthwhile and a, a great talent vocally. The next band we saw outside was called the Cordial Sins. Yeah, they were also really good. Also female-led singer. Yes, she was like, uh, she was playing the bass, right? I'm really bad at instruments. No, I think she was just playing the guitar. Was that just a guitar? I think it was just the guitar. Well, yeah, she was kick-ass. She was bitchin'. She had like a very like spooky vibe to her voice. Um, And I just, their music was like the kind that almost scared me a little bit. Like it was very like... Boom, 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 yeah. boom. And then she's like, ooh. It was so good. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I was definitely, like, heart pounding. Like, yeah. fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Audrey's into it, yes. I love it. Yeah, I, I was definitely into the cordial sins. I love to see a lady-fronted band, you know. Oh, all the time. Every damn day. Check out The Cordial Sins. I'm sure you'll be able to find them online, and I'm definitely going to be looking into that. The third band that we were able to catch was called Uptight Sugar. Ooh. And their lead singer, I couldn't even see his face because he had on, like, a weird hat and glasses, but he was hot. I already know he was hot. <laughs> he was just, like, that tall, like, kind of skater boy body where he's, like, yeah. really lean. And he had, like, shaggy dark hair under his hat yeah. that he was wearing. And he was kind of working the stage in that mic. I was really oh, into yeah. him. He was definitely a performer. And they had, like, a very 80s mm-hmm. sound to me, which I really, really liked. It was definitely, like, an 80s-inspired sound. But then he, like, screamed a couple times. There was a couple moments in that last song they did where I was like, this Whoa. is a lot of noise. Yeah, they like, were going everywhere which i i was into yeah, it was great into that for sure where i get a little overwhelmed but they were still really really good super hot uh, <laughs> <laughs> super cute super cute you know i'm looking uh but yeah and i honestly my only wish was that we had gotten like i think next year we go earlier in the day we need to make yes. more of a day of it i think for sure especially if the weather agrees again and it's a it's a good yeah. time for i would that. also love to go when like not that many people are there to actually check out some of the more art installation type things yes. that they have just because it's kind of hard to, to check them out when there's so many people around i want to eat more food next year too yeah there are a lot of food trucks, but they're long lines. Long lines. I actually think they could step it up and get like four to five more food trucks. There yeah. are so many 
fucking food trucks in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. But just to give you guys an idea of what kind of array there was, there was the Swenson's truck, Mm -hmm. a staple, Northeast Ohio. We love our fucking Swenson's sugar burgers. I'm rolling my eyes because I don't really love them. I like Swenson's. I would never, I'm not going to say no, don't give me that. I'm not going to eat it. Like, I'll eat it, but I'm not really going there. Yeah. That's just me. Mm. Uh, But Swenson's, they have a long ass line every time I see that truck. There was a Barrio. (sighs) Have we talked about that? Yeah, we have. Okay. Sure. (laughs) So you guys know how we feel about that. Overrated. Yeah, that line was very long. That line is super long as well. Uh, there was a place called Sauced or Sauced Up. I think it was Sauced. Pizza. Yes, Sauced. I've had their, they've been to my work before. It's what very good. Really? Yeah. Okay. So that's something to try another time. There was Holy Frijoles, which is a place that I've tried at Walnut Wednesday, which is downtown every Wednesday in the summer. And that place is good. Things just like Cleveland Man's Chipotle. You know, like it's build your own. I think it's a good value. Especially because sometimes food trucks can get a little pricier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that place was really good. The place I actually ate, though, out of all these places, was this place called the the Mana Truck. Their menu has a lot of unique options. Mm-hmm. So they have like a Greek chicken wrap that I was very tempted by. A caprese grilled cheese that I'm Both pretty sure I Both things that had. I thought that you would have got. You guessed that that's what I got, but that's not what I got. I got their eggplant fries with creamy pesto dipping mm. sauce. And let me tell you something. The eggplant fries were good. But if you've ever prepared and really eaten a lot of eggplant, the eggplant itself, really to me at least, doesn't taste like anything. No, it's just mush. Right. So you've got to have like a really well-seasoned, really delicious batter or whatever you've done with it. The batter on these was was pretty good. I, I could have kicked it up a notch, like, with some more spice or something, mm-hmm. but it's not my food truck. <laughs> the creamy pesto sauce, however, and you tried a little bit, so you can attest. It was really good. And it was very good. I'd like that on a sandwich, and I'd like it tomorrow for lunch, but Did they put that on the Greek wrap? It wasn't written that it was on anything else. The Greek wrap said that it came with a lemon feta spread. Mm. Which was another reason that was really tempting. And I may need to keep an eye out for this truck. They had a fried bologna sandwich, which is which just right out of my mother's heart and onto their menu. Which I am mm. pretty sure is what I got last year when we were at Bright Winter. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Bright Winter, great music, great food. Just a really fun event all around. Yeah. Something that I think is becoming a Cleveland like staple, like a thing that like everybody goes to i think the my favorite part about the festival this year is we actually saw so the cover art for our podcast is the crane holding up the disco ball yes. we saw that at bright winter so our photo that we took from unsplash and it was taken by lance anderson credit mm-hmm. to lance anderson credit amazing photo um that counts we gave you he must have that must have also been up during a bright winter during another year mm-hmm. so it was just cool when, whenever i saw it I was like, oh, shit, snap. Yeah, it was awesome. Like, we were literally just walking by, and Ryan goes, oh, that's the disco ball from our podcast cover art. And I was like, (sighs) But yeah, we took pictures with it. It was super cute. So that's our take on Bright Winter. We really enjoyed it this year, as always. I think if I had any advice, and I think you'll agree, and you probably know what I'm about to say. Dress warm. Bring gloves. to getting plugged on Sundays. But it's Saturday today. It's okay. 
sometimes things that are different can feel good. Oh, I can't wait for this plug on a Saturday evening. Everybody's really uncomfortable now. So I think that means it's time. (laughs) For the plugs. Oh, now we're going to go into a theme song for it. (laughs) Perfect. All right, here we are. This is the plug, which happens at the back end of every episode. That is right. That is right. So it's funny that you mentioned my hair because I plan to actually plug my hairstylist in my salon this week. Yes. So I go to Tomorrow's Salon, which is in Rocky River, and they just got a new location in Fairview Park, Rocky River area. And it's beautiful, but I actually want to plug my stylist who works there. Her name is Jocelyn Page, and she's fantastic. She does my hair every six weeks. And you've been seeing Jocelyn for a while. I have. It's been a few years. She actually approached me at work. She was just like talking to people in our building about getting a haircut. And she was like, hey, do you want a haircut? I was like, sure. And then she gave me a haircut, and she's been my stylist ever since. most people find drug dealers, Seriously, hairstylists. So, Um, yeah. She has a lot of male clientele. So if you're a man listening and you're looking for a new stylist, honestly, I think she's better than a barber. So check it. Um, Love that. She's also one of the very few people in the state that's certified in, like, hair transplants. Really? (laughs) Yes. So if you're looking for that, Tomorrow's and Jocelyn can help you out there. And she has like a business partner that she does that with there. And she, of course, also does women's hair too. Looking at your hair really closely now. (laughs) Where did that hair really come from? Oh my gosh. This hair. No, this is not. These are not transplants. This is real. So if you're in the mood for a new hairstylist. If you hate your current hairstylist, but you just don't know how to leave that bitch, we can help you. Tell her, bitch, I'm going to Jocelyn. That's right. Because that's what Ryan and Audrey told me to do in the plug. Mm -hmm. And say it just like that. Yep. All right. Ooh, I'm so glad that plug is over. I feel a lot better. (laughs) Do you feel looser? I do. It's your turn now. I have a very exciting plug this week. It's a place that I've loved for, oh my gosh, probably like going on 15 years now. I want to plug Breads and Beyond Bakery. Another bakery. Yes, we've already talked about bakery. And this one is also in Parma. There's a lot of bakeries in Parma. Honestly, that is the side of town to be on if you're looking for baked goods. Mm. Yes. Breads and Beyond is on State Road in Parma, and they've been there since 1995, which actually isn't as old as I prefer. I like a bakery that's been around since, like, the 60s, because that says something. Now, they have to have invested in the bakery since the 60s. That's the other rule. But rules can be broken. Breads and Beyond breaks that rule, and they've been open since 1995, and I got to tell you, one of the best damn buttercreams in Cleveland. If you're fixing to order a wedding cake... In the next, you know, coming up here, I would highly recommend adding them to your list because they do do cakes for special occasions like weddings and things like that. The designs and the decorations on their websites are very pretty, very elegant, but also still that like hometown kind of vibe, like flair. Like it's not too elegant, too fancy. Mm -hmm. Like it's a cake that you look at and go, that's a beautiful wedding cake, but that's going to be a fucking delicious wedding cake and if you don't believe me just go there try one of their cupcakes Mm. they also do what was the thing we couldn't pronounce earlier puchki puchki i think it is a puchki my mother's gonna be so disappointed later when i ask her how to pronounce that but they also do those i don't know how famous they are necessarily for those 
I know them better just for all of their like general delicious bakery. Anything with frosting from Birds and Beyond is going to be delicious. Mm. I've been going there since I was probably like 12 or 13, I think, when my mom first discovered it. We were just there today, actually. We spent $20 on a box of bakery. I mean, we bought enough bakery for like eight people probably because that's what you got to do when you go to Breads and Beyond. Mm -hmm. So check it out. Well, I cannot wait to check out some bakery. Yes. We we, we should hit up Breads and Beyond and Rudy's and then every other bakery There's literally like eight more (laughs) that we could hit up. We'll do a bakery tour. Mm. There will be more bakery in our lives. I hope there's bakery in all of your lives too. And just want to say... You know, we were, like, looking at some of our stats the other day, and Ryan seems to think we have, like, a bunch of listeners out there. And if we do, let me just tell you, I love you all. And I'm doing this for you, and I hope you love this podcast because we love making it. Yes, I love you too. And I think you should leave us probably a review on iTunes, though. (laughs) That would be amazing. Wherever you're listening to us, like it, subscribe to it, review it, rate it. If you could actually write us, like, a quick little sentence – it doesn't even matter. I don't even care what you, you can even write, I won't be back. <laughs> and I will totally understand and I get it. Yeah. And I still support you. So subscribe if you haven't. If you're listening, subscribe. Tell your friends to listen. Share it if you feel Please. so inclined. That would be great. And just keep on keeping on, Cleveland. We appreciate you. All right, All right, Ryan. I think it's time to wrap up. All right. So we'll see you next time and we'll see you, see you in, in Cleveland. Cleveland.